One time I was drunk on a morning show in Montana The host asked me if I had a nickname Said my friends call me the Dirtbag King She said on the air I started giggling Hasn't had me back but now I've got this podcast Welcome to my podcast Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. My name's Charles Ellsworth, and you're listening to A Dirtbag's Guide to Life on the Road. If you're not familiar with me, that's all right. You're definitely not the only one. I'm a songwriter first, musician second, somewhere down the line filmmaker. Pretty much I just like to tell stories. Some people have called me a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, and I'm definitely semi-professional at everything I do. Nothing single-handedly makes me a living, but it all adds up to getting by. Hey, what's happening, Dirtbags? Um, Thanks for tuning in. This is your host, Charles Ellsworth, and I'm just stoked to be here right now. I hope you're all having a wonderful uh, Tuesday is when this airs. Uh, Wonderful whatever day you're listening to it on, because you don't have to listen to it when it airs. Um, This week I got an interview with my good friend Matt C. White. Uh, He's an insanely talented musician, guitarist. Uh, He's like the most prolific person I know. He puts out records like at the rate in which I write songs. It's it's crazy. Um, so I've always really looked up to him for that. And we've just always gotten along really well. The first time he went on tour, uh, I actually um, wrangled him into coming out west and playing drums with me on a run through Idaho, Montana, and Utah, and Colorado. And it snowed the entire time, and he'd never been out west, and he was just like, just an absolute delight to have on the road. Uh, Matt's always a good time, always willing to have a good time, and it was great to sit down and have a conversation with him for the first time in months. It's been a long time since he and I hung out, so I think we had a really great talk. Um, What's cool about Matt is his he's seen both sides of of the Dirtbag's life and um, like a professional life. When I first met him, he and we talk about this in the episode, he was working at an advertising firm in the pharmaceutical um, industry. And uh, and yeah, his life now is so much different. Now he just makes music for the most part. He does some graphic design as a freelancer, but his instrumental music just started taking off at some point, and he, and he just capitalized on it in a way that I think a lot of artists struggle to have that confidence. And Matt's always just had... A kind of confidence about him that I've really looked up to and uh, I think you all really enjoy and hopefully it rubs off because anyone could really benefit from looking at life through Matt C. White's eyes a little bit more I think um, maybe not too much because he's a kind of a crazy son of a bitch <laughs> in the best way possible and not everyone could handle it but um, but he's just he's just got a really cool approach to life that's that's um, I'm just happy that he's my friend. So I'm I'm excited for you guys to hear this conversation we had. Um, This podcast or this episode is um, in a way sponsored by my new record, Honeysuckle Summer. Uh, This Friday, um, well, depending on when you're listening to it, but February 5th, 2021 is the first band camp day of the year. So I've decided to open up pre-orders for the vinyl and some select merchandise of my new record, Honeysuckle Summer, and I am so fucking stoked to have you all hear this record. Uh, it's We went into the studio 
almost a year ago. This time last year, I was scrambling to try and put the finishing touches on um, some of the songs. And I mean, one of the songs I was just completely rewriting and then trying to teach it to the band. It was a really exciting time. And then, you know, we all know how 2020 went. Um, But I'm just so stoked for you guys to finally hear this record. And I would really, really love it if you would go to my band camp on Friday, uh, February 5th, and pre-ordered the vinyl and possibly got yourself one of the limited edition merchandise items we will have available. Um, It would really help me out. I've got a lot of time and money invested in this record. And I mean, at this point, I already feel like it's a 100% 100% success because I'm, I've am i never been more stoked about how something I made turned out um, and so for me that's a success like that's what you're always striving for and going for but we do live in a world where you know you need money to pay your bills and to eat and whatnot so um, any support as far as that goes pre-ordering the record streaming it when it's out and sharing it with your friends I think this record is more than anything I've ever made is the most relatable thing is more relatable. Um, I think you could share it with anyone from if you've got like a hip grandpa or your dad's really into Springsteen, but also would like kind of dig Dr. Dog. I think this record is kind of up your alley. So um, my uh, producer and good friend, Joe Reinhardt, um, he said about it, if Tom Petty had gone to Nashville instead of L.A., this is what you would have got. And I couldn't agree more. So, and that was like a huge honor to hear from Joe. That's what I strive for is as twangy Tom Petty. So, um, thanks so much for listening. That's our, that's our plug for the week. Uh, check out my band camp this Friday, February 5th and pre-order honeysuckle summer on vinyl. It's coming in a, um, transparent blue limited edition vinyl the first 200 copies or you can order the special edition one and there's only 200 of them so be sure and reserve your copy um, thanks so much for all the support and for listening and I can't wait for y'all to get into this conversation with my good friend Matt C. White enjoy well welcome to a dirtbag's guide to life on the road this is your host Chuck uh, the the Wildcat Chuck Charles himself, and I got my friend Matt C. White here, and he's Matt's a really talented dude. plays plays guitar in the band Grandpa Jack. He is play drums in Grandpa Jack. Or you play drums in Grandpa Jack? Oh, I forgot about that. You I wish gu- they would let me play guitar in Grandpa Jack, but they they say I have to stay behind the kit. Could you play guitar and drums at the same time? I tried. It doesn't work out. I was gonna say if anyone I know could do it, Matt White could do it. No, they threatened to kick me out of the band when I did that. Hmm. And then you're like, I am the band. <laughs> I have like a double neck guitar. Yeah. Playing playing drums and double neck guitar. You're like uh Dave Mustaine in Megadeth. Just oh, yeah. like I sound like him too. Been yeah. working on it. Fuck yeah. Well, okay, so Matt plays uh drums in Grandpa Jack. See. He is the creative force behind Matt C. White because he is Matt C. White. I am. Yeah. And uh what does the C stand for? Carl. Not Christian? No. Okay. Carl. Just making sure. Um, <laughs> it was Christian. I had it changed. No Christians allowed. Yeah, no Christian names. Yeah, he name. got his name changed because he wanted to come on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, w- let's see. Also, the, the the mind behind Realizer, the ambient instrumental guitar yep. folk 
and not just folk. It's it's all kinds of stuff. It's yoga, instrumental yoga music. Yeah, chill beats to chill to. Yeah, chill, and chill. Uh, what am I missing? What else have you got? There's a whole bunch dead of, seconds. Yeah, there's um, Blue Merle, which is more just ambient. There's Burma, which is like lo-fi beats. There's a whole bunch of things. If ever I want to try a new genre out, I just make up a person. I just, just like I just keep it on the hush. Just make a new um, like moniker. Moniker, that's the word. See. Not to be confused with Monica. It's often confused with Monica. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So now that we've established that your name is Monica Carl White. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Carl White, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? I'm from a small town outside of Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, called Clayton. Clayton, North Carolina. Yes. Um, and what's your what's your family like? You got siblings? I have a younger sister. Mm-hmm. Mom, dad. Uh huh. Mom Dope. and dad still still yeah. together. Yep. Dope. And uh, where where what was you know what's What's growing up in Clayton like? Paint, paint me a little bit of a picture of... So I lived in the back of like a golf course community that was slowly on the decline. It mm-hmm. was like like Clayton is kind of a suburb of Raleigh. So there were like a lot of big plans for Clayton and a lot of like development that just kind of like petered off. Oh, okay. So I was like... Third house from the inn, the road just sort of dead ends, and then it's just like cornfields. Um, and then on the other side of my house, it's just a uh, state park. It's mm. like parkland called uh, Clemens State Park. Um, but yeah, I don't know, pretty, pretty normal. No sidewalks, riding bikes, a lot of like dirt paths and stuff. Uh-huh. Creek. A crick? Go, go play at the crick, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little rope swing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So pretty pretty out in the dirt, out in the woods, just yeah. like outside. Yeah. Childhood. I mean, it's not like, it's definitely not the middle of nowhere, really, but it's like, there's a lot of tobacco fields and cornfields, and like, you can't walk anywhere. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you Like, you can't walk to a store. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like... It's like a ten minute drive to go to the gas station. You go get a candy bar. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Uh, and about what age did you start playing music? Was like music something that your family always did and was around, or? Well, um, my mom played guitar when she was younger, and then nobody. My sister is like a visual artist, but she doesn't really do music. But I just remember always. Like some of my earliest memories are like, like jingles and stuff from like when you're a kid, and oh, okay. they just like I couldn't let them go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like in my head all the time, and I was always like, like I maybe like kind of fidgety, so like whistling and snapping and like totally. things like that. I was just like all about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Beatboxing and and stupid stuff like that. And then when I was 10, my parents got me a guitar oh, cool. for my birthday. And that's kind of the beginning of that, you know, like songwriting proper. Uh-huh. Did you uh, just jump right in with like lessons or were you kind of self-taught? Um, my mom knew a couple chords, so that, that was the start. And then I did do um, 
lessons for a little bit and then the guy flaked and then classic I, musician yeah i know right <laughs> had to pay bills and stuff i guess <laughs> um but then i started um playing guitar with the neighbor like my my friend's dad he played guitar and he was into like just like southern rock stuff uh-huh. so i would learn like skinner songs and stuff. oh cool yeah yeah after i got an electric guitar yeah i feel like the the intro riff to Sweet Home Alabama is actually like one of the first things I learned. That, oh, I, I think I was a Smoke on the Water kid, unfortunately. Well, Smoke on know. the Water was actually the first thing I learned for sure. Yeah. But like one of the first like, oh, this is actually kind of a complex riff. There's like, there's more than just yeah, Smoke yeah. on the Water going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's like multiple strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like double stops. Yeah, totally. That and uh, Gimme Three Steps was a, oh, that nice. was a. That was a first. That was up there. But yeah. Hell yeah. Um, as far as you mentioned, like jingles that would really get stuck in your head, was uh, do you have any like specific you can think of that you can oh. remember? Or do you have, are there specific songs that like, like maybe as you got older? It's like pop goes perfection, perplexion, oh, yeah, or whatever. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. like um, don't wake. Daddy, <laughs> like there's like a million, you know. Yeah. Is it water on the knee operation? <laughs> like, oh just like, God. like to this day, to you this can day, remember them perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, that's a. Uh, oh man, I was thinking pizza bagels the other day. Pizza like, in the what, morning. Pizza. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's genius. So good. It's so it, good. when it is on a when bagel, it's like you can have bagel. it. You can have it <laughs> any time. I mean, you can have pizza anytime, anyways. But... Well, if we live in New York City, that is a nice thing. Yeah, I ate so much pizza yesterday because it was just NFC and AFC championship, and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna have a." Uh, I don't do a lot of pizza. Uh, well, it's because if I do it, it's like, like the cheap slice, and it's because I'm busy. You yeah. know what I mean? Or like I'm on the go, and I'm like, "Oh, I can just walk and eat this trash." Totally. Yeah. I was just like, I don't want to, because I've hard, I've maybe eaten out at a restaurant less than five times in the past like 10 months because yeah. of the whole pandemic right. and i like cooking at home but yesterday i was just like kind of had a rough weekend and uh was i'm just like fuck it, i'm not gonna do anything i'm not yeah. i'm not even gonna like do yoga today i'm just gonna like fucking hang out watch football smoke pot and eat pizza so i walked to the grocery store so i guess i didn't go to the grocery store but i bought like three of those like red baron pizzas and like, oh nice me and my roommate and i just like that's what that's what nice. we did all day. Watch football and ate those pizzas. Nice. No yoga today, boys. No yoga today. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Giovanni. I imagine my yoga alter ego's name is Giovanni. <laughs> I don't know why. It sounds more like your pizza alter ego. <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> pizza yoga. It's a it's a style. I, I, I studied it in Naples with a master <laughs> pizza yogi. I like Pizza that. Yogi is like a <laughs> is like an influencer Instagram account that's like not famous yet, but I'm sure there's one that exists. It's like, like you just need a jingle, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you when really pizza's need. Pizza's in a yogi. Uh, nailed you can, it. You can have inner pizza all the time. <laughs> inner pizza is genius. Dude, there's inner, no way that we're the first. Somebody else is no doing way. this. We're not that smart. Yeah, no, we're clever, but yeah. Oh wit. man. Getting a little distracted. This is this is great. Most of the interviews I've done lately have been over the phone, so having you in person yeah. just makes it better. And also, 
you and I haven't seen each other. In I know a while, it's been like so, forever. Yeah, it's fucking great. Uh, uh, last time I saw you, I was borrowing, um, I think all of your uh, your hand percussion stuff. Oh yeah, for a record that's like the to put on a record that's coming out soon or might be already out by the time this episode is out. And that record took a year to put out. So <laughs> it was so funny. I needed as like the last time I talked to you was like, "Hey man, I really need those shakers." Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm funny really missing my Morocco. We right share now. a bass player and a practice bass, but we don't see each other because of the pandemic. Yeah, so of fucking goes. COVID. Yep. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. We're back <laughs> back on track with this. This highly professional podcast we've got here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so pizza bagels and board games. Uh, yeah. Or what? I know your your mom kind of helped um, inform your early music taste a lot, like because she listened to a lot of. Uh, oh yeah. Or at least to the singing style, like. Yeah, and there's also there was like a kind of some of the early memory or like the earliest memories I have are from like daycare and I remember we would go to the pool and the concession stand would like was on like the alt rock station always and so I there's all this like um Pearl Jam Sound Garden Nirvana y stuff that like I never knew the words for but it would be like in my head. Mm-hmm. And then in like middle school, I realized, oh, these are all the same dudes. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh okay, yeah. this I really like this cross section of rock time. You totally. Know? And my mom is like, she's like classic rock, and but also she she would like dabble and stuff. You know what I mean? So she would like really like one Nirvana song uh-huh. and play it a lot and stuff like that. And then from there, she was like my gateway. Yeah. Well, then back then also, it's like you either had cassettes or CDs. So Yeah, like, totally. Unless you're like frantically changing cassettes and CDs. Like yeah. if you're going to listen to one Nirvana song, you're going to hear a few. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, that's cool. Um, and from there, as you so you get a guitar at 10 and you start playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what's it look like as you start getting into high school? Like you get into different types of music. You start to learn, like get more technical on the guitar. Yeah, I got, I started... So high school also is the begin. I it's when I I joined jazz band. I was in jazz band playing guitar uh, for all four years of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the beginning of like more improvisation and um, and like bar chords and finger picking and comping and stuff like that. Because before that, I had I would like jam with friends, but. They really liked Blink One Eighty Two or what you know, and mm-hmm. I or and I just wasn't. Yeah, pop punk wasn't really doing it for you. No, no. Yeah, I don't like it. I I'm saying it. There's some <laughs> pop punk that I'm like, like I went through a phase, and there's some that I'll still like always love, but it's always like on the more emo side of things, like the get up. Yeah, kids and there's and like, stuff like yeah, that. there's like a lot of people, you know, like even in our age group and stuff or I, or I guess especially our age group that they love that shit and i just don't get it you know yeah no i i but i'm with you there like I, i'm not gonna sit here and hate on blink 182 because i have so many friends that like love that band podcast. like <laughs> fucking love that band yeah. i mean I, it's like but i just never really 
got super into it. The first song I ever played live with a band was at the seventh grade talent show. Damn it. And we played Damn It. Yeah. We, we, is we that also played Johnny da, Be Good. Da, 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 da. No, that's uh, the Adam song. No, Damn It. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess. It's got hooks. Like, you totally get why people love it, but it never really got me. You know, he's boss. Did he die? He died, right? No, he just got an insane plane crash oh. where he, like half of his body got burnt up and shit. I like that about. I mean, he started doing like hip hop production stuff. That's cool. <clears throat> totally. Well, I think in a weird way, and I any drummers out there can fucking shoot me for this, but no, like the <laughs> ultimate. Like, I don't know if you're taking drumming to like the that level. Like, eventually, you're gonna get to where you're trying to just make like these really heavy hitting, yeah. like hip hop beats. Like, totally. I don't know. I just feel like that's like where the extreme, like one of ends of the spectrum of, of beats lies. Totally. Yeah. And now with technology, it's like, I mean, you have the option of recording live acoustic drums and then triggering samples and layering them, or you just trigger samples from the git. Yeah. And right now it's like, you can pay for like a library of like some old sixties Gretsch kit recorded in a church. Mm-hmm. And you play on electronic kit and it just sounds like you're just like, well, that's the sound of a snare, you know, like that. Yeah, that is it, you know? Yeah, that's wild. I I mean, I know you can do that now and I I'm just barely getting into recording my own acoustic guitars and, and yeah. things like that and like kind of programming beats. I'm, I'm I, doing it. Yeah, I'm getting into it. The, I think the hardest part is letting go of the idea that like acoustic drums are pure and the way it's supposed to be, you know what I mean? Uh Like being like, well, it's not cheating. I'm still playing and it's just taking advantage of the times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, I'm sure when the electric guitar came out, people were like, that's fucking cheating. Yeah. Have you seen how many, (laughs) how many death threats Bob Dylan got for playing a Telecaster at the fucking Newport Folk Festival? I love Bob Dylan, though. You fucking hate Bob Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to bring up Bob Dylan. You're like, I haven't. (laughs) Have you seen it? I haven't poured through the data myself. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, six death threats just today. Um, Jesus, this this podcast is gonna be great because you and I like we could just not talk about anything but just like make each other laugh for two hours. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, no, I think there's something like anyone who's gonna be a purist about it. Like I get it, and I understand like the whole trying to do everything analog. Like like Bob who mixed our Rose Door record, right. and you know I love what he does, and he used to be way more purist than he is now. But I yeah. think eventually you start to realize, like any innovation as far as music goes, has always been met with some form of resistance from totally classicalists or traditionalists. Yeah, and it's like like you know how hip hop was fucking invented was like kids couldn't afford instruments. So they just figured out how to make music using like music that already existed. Totally. You know, just like looping records that their parents had and yeah, shit yeah. like that, which is like, and don't sit there and tell me that shit's not music and doesn't take fucking skill. Hip hop rules, bro. Dude, hip hop's the shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Definitely. But it's, it's fucking crazy that that like, I don't know. People would deny that like, Oh, well you use triggered drums or whatever. It's like, fuck it. Who 
cares? And not all of us can afford to go fucking record at Abbey Road or what the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to self-record, you know? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, like, you could play it for somebody and it's almost like I feel this guilt that I've used trigger drums and so I, like, tell them ahead of time and I've kind of let that go. So now I just play it for people and I'm just like, hey, this is this blah, blah, blah. And nobody's like, those don't sound (laughs) real, you know? Because they they were real. They were recorded in a church and blah, 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 you know, like... I, and I performed it, you know, I did it, but I'm hitting plastic pads that then send electronic signals to whatever. Totally. Know. And that's, I mean, you're playing metal strings that send vibrations totally. through through magnets that make, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just like, I don't know, that it's, it's crazy. I still think about a lot what you told me years ago about, like, how a guitar and an amplifier and, like, it's all... Like just rare earth materials. Yeah, totally. Like that's just making these sounds. Like they're they're rare earth materials that are like it's yeah. It's a collection of of or consolidated metals reacting with one another that makes rock music. It's like the pickups are aluminum, nickel, cobalt with a copper wire wrapped around it that a, your steel guitar string is vibrating over uh-huh. that disrupts your magnetic field and. It makes, you know, uh, Foxy Lady or whatever, yeah, you know, like it's, it's crazy. It's, no, it's fucking wild. I still think about that a lot when I'm playing guitar, especially. And I don't know. And it's, it's vibrations, man. Vibrations, dude. <laughs> and I, the dude from, I read like Captain Beefheart's like list of like, like the laws of having a, like an acoustic or a, an electric guitar or something like that. Mm. And one of them is just like something about, like it's a it's a lightning pole to like to hell or something like that and like like you should wield it to just make as much fucking noise as you possibly yeah, can dude. it's just I like that I don't know it was pretty cool like he had this list of 10 things of like the the gospel of the electric like guitar that. and that was my favorite one and I like learned how to be like I used to be really tentative playing electric guitar when we used to jam and whatnot. yeah and now it's just like no that's what you, you just make fucking noise with yeah it, you know? yeah there's like there's like a f- fearlessness in all the artists that we love the most because they were just like fuck it i got like the sonic axe yeah you know what i mean yeah it's feeding back that's fun listen to listen to this crazy loud noise i can make (laughs) i can't yell this loud (laughs) you know like if i could i would be yeah (laughs) i've tried (laughs) oh man that's I, i love that perspective on on music or just a lot of times when we were jamming together you were leaning into that sounds gross or that sounds ugly or that's you know what i mean like the 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 sound that like that's the opposite of what like a pop star would be going for oh yeah it's like resonating in a weird way or something yeah i like that well i like i like stuff like that because i think at the end of the day it's not not that i really want to write um popular music but i want to i like catchy you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think what reminds you that something is catchy is when it's juxtaposed with something kind of ugly. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. You have an ugly thing right next to a very pretty thing. You're like, wow, that's very attractive to me for some reason. It's because I've been playing ugly chords for like 30 seconds straight, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like that. No, that's, uh, that's, uh, int- that juxtaposition is really cool. And uh, a lot of... A lot of what you do with, uh, I feel like Grandpa Jack and Matt C. White is is kind of. Yeah, I I don't know where I don't know when that 
started or what what made me gravitate towards that but i really like like uh it's like dark or like the lyrics are like ugly or creepy or like murderous but like isn't this fun you yeah, know like there's totally. still, I, I don't i like one band that really that i got really into that kind of like is perfect for that is like the toadies oh yeah i just got really into the toadies when i was younger and it's like it just checks off all the boxes it's like grungy they're from texas so there's like southern twangy shit mm-hmm. and then it's like creepy you know what i mean yeah, like it's totally. it's like a, an, a weird uplifting heavy love ballad but from the perspective of some outsider yeah creep no that's know? i feel that way about like murder by death that's yeah. like for i never, me in I high never school, really got into him i like in high school that was what i got into yeah was i mean there's a lot of stuff but i was just texting with my couple of buddies from <laughs> high school that i still stay in touch with and we were talking about how like on, it's not Murder by Death's first record, but like on their record, Who Will Survive and What Will Be Left of Them, they're, the dude from Thursday has guest vocal spots. Oh, I remember Thursday. And the dude from My Chemical Romance. And like that record came out in 2006, like, yeah. like before, like, or way, even way earlier than 2006. Like, I don't even know, but it was just like, and th- I don't know, they're, I mean, two bands that don't really play anymore. They do reunion tours, maybe like My right. Chemical Romance and Thursday. Back in the day, they were way more popular, but Murder by Death is just still chugging along, just making this like weird, almost Barokian, like, but not like American folk, dark Gothic, whatever. Is the it fuck. acoustic-y or is it's, it like? I mean, there's a cello in the band, but oh, it, yeah. but it's also really fucking heavy at times. You know what yeah. I mean? But the dude sings like Johnny Cash sometimes, like. Oh, and cool. the, my favorite record that I got into in high school, Who Will Survive and What Will Be Left of Them. It's a it's the story of like a zombie apocalypse set in a western I remember, town. That's how I know this band yeah. is having a similar conversation with you before. Yeah, for sure. they're yeah. like, but yeah, it's it's similar. It's where where it just kind of checks all the boxes. Yeah, it's like yeah weird yeah. and creepy. It's melodic as fuck. Yeah, it's got storytelling. You, you get yeah, you get something stuck in your head like a lyric, and then you realize you're singing about killing somebody. Yeah, or, or, or like three men hanging from a sycamore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit, that's fucking dark <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know really what started that but i love that shit i think some being like an angsty young boy or something like yeah. that just like having this like and not that i'm saying it's like a great thing about men but you know that just like yeah there can be an inherent like or maybe we're, we're not really taught much about how to express ourselves other than being like angry or aggressive yeah yeah yeah, I guess I think so. I also like yell a lot in my music, and I'm not—I'm not even necessarily angry. It's just feels good to yell. You yeah. know what I mean? It's Cathartic. just like yeah, I'm just like fuck it, totally. yelling, because like that's something. Like people don't yell. You know what I mean? Like 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 yeah, like people who don't yell in their music or whatever, like you could go years without screaming at the top of your lungs. And it only happens in like, I don't like, Oh my God, a rat or like what, you know, like, yeah. Or you're fighting with like a significant other. Right. Or something yeah. Like that. And I just get to do it all the time for fun. Yeah. You know, like stop, <laughs> dude, I was the other day having like, just woke up in a shit mood, like 
I was even writing my morning pages and just like, I don't know why, but today I'm just fucking angry. Like, and, and yeah, yeah. I, everything was just like, not okay. And then, you know, we went, of course it's on the day we go grocery shopping, which can sometimes be one of the most stressful days of the week. Yeah. Grocery shopping and, in New York is something. Yeah. And we're so like, I make it through all of groceries without like any confrontation. And then on the drive back, like I kind of like lost it on my roommate for a second <laughs> you know just like Oopsie. not really like lost it but you know what i mean just kind of snapped at him and then yeah and it and it was just kind of like a and i couldn't put my finger on what the deal was with the day but luckily had band practice that afternoon yeah. and within like five minutes into playing guitar and just yelling into a microphone it was like everything's fine i feel great yeah i feel amazing yep and some people don't have that <laughs> no yeah yeah it's yeah you get you get the release so speaking of New York City, how did you end up here? Like, where did you go to college, and what was the the path to getting to where you have to deal with rats and grocery shopping yeah. in New York City? Um, I went to NC State. I went to NC State. Um, Wolfpack. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and it's not even that crazy. Like the, it's like my ex, her dad. Uh, worked in marketing and knew some people that could hook up a summer internship, uh -huh. basically. And so I interned here and I stayed in like NYU dorms nice. um, for like, I don't know, a month, two months or something like that. Was this like the summer after college or like during? It was my junior year of college. Okay. And I, <laughs> I remember being like, I remember not wanting to do it and then talking to friends and stuff. And they're like, Oh, you get to go to New York city. Just do it. And I was like, but I want to go to the beach all summer, you know, like yeah, yeah. whatever. And same as I was like, fuck it, I'll just do it. And then after I graduated, I looked around for jobs in Raleigh doing what I thought I wanted to do, which would be like some form of marketing or advertising. And it's just like, just internship, Ville, like unpaid, yeah. like, yeah, uh, come in an interview and we're gonna, you know, shit all over you. And basically you just go get coffee and work in Excel and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so I hit up people that I had interned with and they were like, uh, yeah, when can you come interview? And then I interviewed and then they were like, can you start in two weeks? And so I was like, yes. And I like some random friend at the time, his cousin had an opening in his apartment in Astoria and I just like flew with two check bags and was just like, I live here now. Yeah. Basically. And what year was that? Um, 2011. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so you've been here almost a decade now. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a decade this July. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. It was, uh, it was weird. I didn't know anybody, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'm living in a new place and I'm just kind of like just nothing but free time. And uh -huh. that's kind of when I picked up, picked back up with music because oh, I put okay. it down a little bit in college, honestly. Oh, okay. And then I had all this free time and I just started doing open mics and Craigslisting the shit out of random people and trying to like figure out how to navigate playing in a band or playing with other musicians okay you know? and you, you'd never really been in like a band band before this? i was in a band in in high school we 
uh, reggae band called The Breeze. The Breeze. I know. I didn't want to say it. I knew it was going to come up at some point. But yeah, I played in a reggae band called The Breeze. You, you were you the, the hype man with the flag? or? <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, it was one of those bands where like, we were just all guitarists, basically. Yeah. And there was a drummer, so we just like passed around a bass, you know, just yeah. took turns. Just, I mean, it's a reggae band. You just have a fucking, you're yeah. white dudes in a reggae band, so yeah. you just have a good fucking time yeah. playing reggae music. Yeah, it was fun. Nice. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, I moved here, and then that was like the beginning of Dead Seconds, and Dead Seconds was just like the name for whatever I was doing musically, pretty much. Like it started out being like like I played mandolin sometimes, you uh-huh. know, like we would just do like open mics and little things like that. Okay, yeah. And then started um, just playing more and more electric guitar with it, you know. Totally. Yeah. Um, I feel like I met you, excuse me, oh, I met you at the, the show in the apartment you live in now. Yeah. That was Captain Wizard played that show, the now defunct Captain Wizard, Dead Seconds yes. played that show, and I I played like a handful of ukulele tunes. Like How, like, fu- how funny is is it how like momentous that night was with not even realizing? So I meet you that night. Mm-hmm. Then I start playing music with you, uh-huh. so, you know, in the future, whatever. Yeah, two, three years later. Captain Wizard <clears throat> stops being a band, and now I play drums for them and Grandpa Jack. Yeah, because two of the guys from Captain Wizard, their drummer, well, it was a three-piece. Their drummer moved to Atlanta like a few months later. Yeah, he just like peaced out. And like I met you that night, you and Steve, and you, I remember you introducing yourself to me and be like, we should play together sometime. And I was like, yeah, that'd be dope. And then... We didn't really, and I never yeah. follow up with people because yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah. socially awkward and whatnot. And then yeah, yeah. you're playing with Grandpa Jack a few years down the road, and yeah. I don't know. It, it's just wild that it was just this random night where there's just like plenty of beer in a I loft think, in Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think th- I think there's just like pockets of, well, when there's like a pocket of people who are doing creative stuff who who are just like somewhat like minded, maybe, or their musical path has been similar. It just happens because, like, I met the Captain Wizards, now Grandpa Jack dudes, in my old practice space mm-hmm. where Dead Seconds practiced, you know, and that's how I met them. And it just happened to be like, this practice space has a lot of like heavy bands or like post punk or like psych bands. Yeah. And it just like worked out, you know, totally. it was just like, oh, we can all work together. We're all on mission loud. Music, yeah. you know, <laughs> loud and we play music. shows together and yeah, cool totally. friends and and yeah, dude. That's the thing I love about music. I mean, what, the thing, one of the many things. Like, <laughs> when I started putting together shows in high school, just for a thing that was mainly just to give something for kids to do in my high school, because there was not a whole lot uh, going on. Yeah, um, in my town, and so we would uh. Like, I would put on these shows, get these touring bands to come in. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but was, like, immediately meeting these bands that I looked up to and them being, and because my band was opening for them, mm-hmm. they're, them being like, come to Phoenix and play a show. Come to do, you know, and, like, just the community. Yeah. that And it just opened up my world immediately as, like, this 17-year-old kid who didn't really know many people outside of my hometown. Within, like, three or four months, I got friends in California and bands. That's that, cool. I just, wish like, opened you're, you're up. like... You're lucky's not the word. Fortunate might be the word, but that's like not something that I ever had. Like, I mean, 
the first time I really toured was with you. And it's just like a cool, I mean, it's just like in hindsight, I should have, should have done that earlier. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, just to exactly like you're saying to like have friends in a place that can help you out. You know what I mean? When you go through there and tour, blah, blah, blah. It's like you started mad early and that's cool. Yeah, totally. I wasn't always really good about. But you made the leap, you know, you did it. You threw yourself into the void. For sure. Yeah. No. And I think, uh. I think it was just, I was talking about this the other day with my roommate is like around the time we would have graduated college, like 2011 or whatnot. Yeah. I was just looking around. I'm like, there's no jobs. Like I couldn't, I couldn't find a fucking job. And, and all the ones that I, like the little bit I could find, it was like, cause I had studied film and it was all the same, like, oh, six month internship unpaid. Yeah. How and does one do that? How do you do that? Unless you're just rich. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I worked two or three jobs all through college. Like I couldn't. Yeah. Same. You know what I mean? Like it was an internship. It's like, no motherfuckers. I got to start making fucking money. I didn't. Yeah. It didn't make sense to me. Like, I mean like, okay, so I did the internship here, but that was paid vacation in my mind. It's like, yeah. okay, I work, but this is what I get. I get paid vacation essentially. And I get to go to New York city for the first time and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Yeah. But yeah, when I graduated and people were like, yeah, you know, you're going to work fucking eight hour days and be my slave for free. It's like, why the fuck would I do that? Totally. You know, well, like, and we need you to do this to get the experience. And I, I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go hit the road and play music. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that's what I just, it was just like, well, what I do have control over is the number of emails I send to random venues in fucking right. Tulsa. I don't have control over whether or not like this unpaid internship is going to turn into a job or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That was. I think I kind of like. I don't know if I ever <sighs> planned on being a musician, but just graduating into the economy we did, it was just like, oh, this is. I'm just going to do this. I'm gonna just- I de- I definitely didn't plan on being a musician, but there was a turning point when I. When I felt like, oh, I'm never going to be better at anything else. You know what I mean? There, I, there's a moment I where... I remember talking to you about that. Yeah, where I was like, it's like, sure, I do graphic design, and sure, I could learn how to sail or whatever, but it's yeah. like, I got so much time, and it's like, I'm not going to be better at any of that shit. Like, totally. You know, there's nothing I've been doing longer than thinking about melodies or playing guitar or humming or what, you know what For I mean? Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean... 10 years old or 12, 10 years old is when you got your first guitar. Yeah. I, I was 12 when I picked up guitar, but I've been playing cool. piano for years before that. And so, yeah, yeah, it's like, what do you start doing at 10 years old that you still do now? Other than like tie your shoes and shit. You know what I mean? Uh, like, like, uh, I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah there's playing guitar. Yeah. So dude, it, it, it totally makes sense. And that, well, that's really what I, Part of what I wanted to talk to you about was the whole you like I when I first met you, you were working in this um the marketing world, like yeah, yeah. working for in like pharmaceutical marketing yeah, yeah. as a graphic designer. Yeah. Great job. You were making a, a pretty good living, like I was still I mean when I got that job, yeah. I was like Well, yeah, I mean, okay, whatever. They they like when I first started, they were like, "Your salary is fifty thousand dollars a year," and I was like, "What? Yeah, for real? Yeah, I can keep it, you know? Yeah, like, I get all of that? <laughs> like, yeah." So like, well, no, no taxes and shit like that. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, you know, like on paper, a great job, but just 
soul sucking. Well, and how many years did you spend there? Well, I I didn't work at the same agency, but I but doing shit like that, um, I think six six years. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember um, by the end of it, you were pretty burnt out. Like you were like, I make good money, and I'm and I'm like happy about that, and I can pay my bills and and explore these random hobbies that I get. Yeah. Um. And these these like I can buy guitars. I, I can, can buy yeah. yeah. And it's but you were just like but I fucking hate going to work every day. It was bad. Oh well, I mean you know, I'm not I'm not trying to bitch about a job. You know like, but it was I I reached a point where like I didn't care, and like. I just started not trying and there were like no repercussions for not trying. (laughs) So it was just like this hardcore, like sort of downward spiral where I just didn't go to meetings or I would just like get drunk at work in the stairwell and like nothing bad happened. (laughs) Like there were like, there was absolutely no downside to this and I was like, well, this is fucked. (laughs) Like I can't even get these guys to fire me. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's so. There. What do you attribute the whole? Because I've never, I've like touched, been in the like the corporate world a little bit, just as like yeah. a freelancer. But I've never like worked to where I was protected by like fucking human resources or whatever. Like, right, right. So like, what does that look like? Are they not? Are there no repercussions because like nobody notices? There's just so much red tape that like. Or is no, it because... it's like it's like. Um... Well, first of all, like pharmaceutical shit, there's just so much money. Like it's this huge cash cow that everyone is suckling from and everyone is like low-key like um, grinding gears and spinning wheels to milk it harder. And to make sure that their job, like to make it like my job is necessary. Yeah. Do you, like do people, because I feel yeah, like that, people used to in meetings just say shit just to be like, well, I gotta remind people that I'm here. You, yeah, totally, you know? totally. And it's like you're like, not saying useful shit. You're just saying shit. Yeah, that and like people, people who really like this was their jam. You know what I mean? Like that, like their job is is their, their whole life. Their, yeah, and um, and it just kind of reached a point where like I was trying to be like. I was trying to show like coworkers, like, you know, this doesn't matter, right? Like the client says, we have to have this to them by midnight. Yeah. And, and I'm like, fucking why? Yeah. And people are looking at me like I'm a fucking Martian. They're like, <laughs> I'm like, no, but what, seriously, what the fuck why? Are they do with why? It at yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what is pushing what's this? What's the difference between midnight and 8 a.m.? And what's pushing them is like, I am the best at. I'm the best fucking pharmaceutical advertising editor this side of the Mississippi, you yeah. know? Like, and it's just like, why? Why, uh, why, I why? Have, I have the corner office in New York City or yeah. whatever. Yeah. The- <laughs> there's like, unbeknownst to listeners, there's like a moth flying around just the room flying. right now that we've been just like swatting at this whole time. Yeah. And I just like smacked my phone <laughs> trying to get it. I think it, I don't know. But anyways. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just weird and there's a lot of people like a lot of the bosses that are higher up or like they don't actually do anything except for like sit in on meetings and give opinions and like tout themselves and their underlings and say that things are going to take longer to get done than they're actually going to get done. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like there's it's just like everyone's just milking 
you know, like totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I think I, I get what you mean. I've done a lot of work with, uh, um, as like a video editor for other, you know, similar type of stuff, uh, like, uh, marketing agencies where our clients and whatnot. Yeah. And, and, uh, there's just so much overhead with a lot of those companies, I imagine, that, that it's like there's so much money, like you said. Yeah. And then there's so much overhead as far as like the office and, and the salary of like the guy up top and then the guy under him and the guy under him, you know, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah. I mean, all the way like, down that like everybody just like keeps holding this thing together that doesn't like it. You're like at the end of the day, it's like, what are we actually accomplishing? Like we put out a couple pictures like a month. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's the other. That's the like the sec. Like the why. The why I kept. You know, like we're these people are like losing their shit over this deadline for this fucking brochure that's gonna get promptly thrown in the trash. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) we're like like we're flipping out, and the client is paying us hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to make this trifold seven by five, you know, insert card for these doctors who are going to be like, why the fuck is this on my desk? Yeah. You got, why is this on my, (laughs) throw it in the trash? You know, like, I don't know. I just, so walk me through (laughs) what, what happens after you start being like, okay, music's the best thing. The thing I'll be, I'll never be better at anything than I am at music. Right. And I hate my job that I'm not going to be able to live if I keep, living like this, you know, right. getting drunk at work and whatnot, like something's got to give. Right. So, so what, so what happened next was I put like a, a deadline on my quit date. It's like, I know I hold these facts to be true. I need to not be here. Right. Yeah. This is going to so kill me if I, if yeah. I so I'm like, okay, July, I'm quitting in July. And then I got laid off in June and got severance pay for the entire month. So I got to skip out early and still got paid as if though I was quitting in July. Yeah. And then I started doing freelance graphic design. And that's when kind of where I am with music stuff was born, pretty much. Um, I'm doing freelance graphic design. Um, It's getting a little harder to make ends meet. I have a shit ton of guitars. You remember this? Yeah, you used to times. build guitars. Yeah, I would, I would build them or buy whatever. I would just buy junk guitars. At any and given they, time, this dude had like 12 guitars hanging on his wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, cool, I got to sell like half of these. <laughs> I got to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I start like, I'm, I'm selling shit on Craigslist and this guy, he's trying to buy a jazz master. And we go back and forth a little bit. He doesn't end up buying it, but in my email signature is this this a link to this record that I made that was just like ambient experimental shit under the name Realizer. And the dude's name is Kyle McAvoy, and he's like, "This is cool. I think I know a way for us to make money. I'm starting like like a sort of ambient." Um, uh, record label or like neoclassical kind of you know instrumental guitar instrumental piano ambient sounds and i think we can work together on this and then so i start we start sort of like honing in on on what realizer could sound like like pr- pretty much just to make money you uh-huh, know what yeah. i mean like i'm i enjoy making it you know at the end of the day i'm like playing guitar and it's yeah, nice totally. you know when you've learned a lot about 
engineering since you started doing this? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beginning of like me getting really into self-recording a lot too. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he realizes I can do graphic design stuff too. So he brings me on board of the label to do graphic design for our like covers and shit for mm -hmm. artists. And what's the name of the label just for the list? Saunderhouse. It's called Saunderhouse. Okay. Um, spaced out of Saugerties. And now it's like, I don't know how many artists we've put out, but it's, it's crazy. And it's all, it's all pretty much digital, you know, digital releases and streaming stuff. But what's interesting is like, Labels back in the day, it centered around the physical, you know, the vinyl or the tape or the CD or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and now the digital is driving enough, like, sales and generating enough money to get physical. You mm, know what I mean? Gotcha, like, yeah. like, like a Spotify label can make enough money that they can then put out vinyl. Yeah, you know, and it's crazy. It's crazy to see shit like that happen. Yeah, well, that's. Uh, I mean, it's it. There's so so much, but I had someone the other day be like, "Dude, you sound like a Spotify advertisement." You know, because I got all this new music coming out, and I'm just just put pushing it on Spotify. Right. And and it kind of like you know just like oh they I, mean like you you sound like a spokesman for Spotify. Yeah, you, you only ever talk. I only like, ever talk yeah. about Spotify, and I'm. And it sucks because I don't like Spotify. I'm not a big fan of like their business model or, or yeah. how they treat artists. Or you know, like the the end of year. Speaking of unpaid interns, I found out that their end of year whole the, the whole year thing, end review or the what, what is it called? It's just yeah. like free marketing for them all over Instagram. Oh yeah, dude. That was developed by an unpaid intern that they didn't give a job to. Boo. Yeah, I heard that. I mean. Might need to fact check that, but I've heard that from like a pretty, pretty like reliable source. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I only huck on Spotify because. But that's... the thing is about Spotify. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. No but like, Is it's the only one that actually has like a, a somewhat social platform, and the algorithm plays into the sociability of like following and and downloading and all this stuff to where it's like you can actually, if you wanted to, go out there on Reddit or whatever and start building communities based around playlists and things totally. like that. Totally. Yeah, it's crazy. And mean, you like, can't really do that with Apple Music. Like, you, There's playlists, but like, I don't know how to do that. So well, it's Yeah, like, I mean, it's doable, but all that started like post-Spotify. Totally. Like the sharing and social nature of it. Like Everybody saw what was going on and was like, oh shit, us too. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, it's like... I mean, so I didn't. I, I didn't give a shit about playlist stuff until I was like, "Oh, I can. This is a way to make money, pretty mm -hmm. much." And there's not many ways to make money as a musician. No, like the realistic yeah. the reality of well, it. Well, yeah, and and this is the weird way that it's what it's turned into. Mm -hmm. But it's. I mean, I get I get hit up all the time, and I, like I have playlists, but I only really made these playlists to like boost my music. Honestly, oh totally. You know what I mean? And like, well, some of them. And I get hit up all the time, and it's like, I get hit up for people to add, for me to add their stuff to my playlist, and it's just like, it's so much now. It's like, that is an integral part of, like, a PR campaign, oh, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like hitting up, like, cold calling people about their playlists. Oh, totally. My My publicist and my social media person that, like... My favorite emails I get from them is when they're saying, like, got you added to these playlists, you know? Yeah, totally. Because, like, and even if it's just, like, fractions of a penny, I know it's, like, but that's, it's all kind of, like, adding up to 
the potential momentum in which like a, a the Spotify editorial teams like, oh that that track's doing well or yeah. whatever, and then and then that because like that's that's the shot that we have that's like, well there's all it's cool it's cool that way it's also just cool that it's like like with Grandpa Jack it's like we don't we don't really get enough streams to to really make any money right. Mm-hmm. But I'll get put on some playlist, and it's like it's it's literally like some person really likes this type of music in bumfuck nowhere Idaho, mm-hmm. and people like their playlist, and it just like blows up, and it's like oh that's cool, you know what totally. I mean? Like that people in Idaho are listening to this, I guess, or you know whatever. One hundred percent. That's uh, the wild thing is, I've been doing. Um like on my Patreon or like on the podcast, I'll do a uh, shout outs for patrons that are like $10 a month or more. That's part of what you get is like a personal shout out on the podcast. Like, Hey, thanks Leslie. Yeah. You're yeah. Totally. And yeah. I've been thinking about, um, you know, cause I do a little story about the person with each one. And so like some of like my friend Sarah, a few weeks ago, um, I, uh, was just thinking about, or no, it wasn't my friend Sarah. It was Carolina, Caroline. Yeah. Oopsies. Anyways. No, but like, uh, she found me through some, like, through Pandora Radio, like, seven years ago. Or something like that. You know, where it's just like, oh, this is a person that heard one of my songs on Pandora Radio years ago and has stayed in touch with me and become a fan. To where she, like, traveled multiple times, has traveled, like, round trip, like, three hours from Minneapolis where she lives to, like, this place that I live, like, three hours outside of Minneapolis. Damn. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just That's like cool. that was just because some algorithm happened to put me in front of her. I think my most the stat I find most rewarding is cuz like like realizer and like these ambient things and blah blah blah. It's it's like for lack of a better word I'm making like passive listening. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's totally. like yoga, I mean whatever, but when I get stats for Shazams. Oh yeah. That's that that feels good because i'm like oh shit somebody heard it and was like what who is this you know yeah and but like other than that it's like i don't know you're you're riding this weird wave algorithm wave of like oh for whatever reason wednesday people were feeling very homey or whatever you know like (laughs) yeah and then there'll be these random peaks of like like one random day in the middle of nowhere like all of a sudden my plays will just triple yeah and it's like it's just one outlier day in like the it's like oh that I don't know you just like why did my yeah why did everything just like it's like every person who who's knows? ever heard my music listened to three times the amount of of my songs that they do in one day I don't know yeah this is probably really boring this is like too inside baseball for anyone <laughs> I'm just like dude we don't give a fuck it just no but it's so weird that like so much of what we think about and what we deal with has absolutely nothing to do with music at this point yeah. Um, and I think it's kind of like always been that way, but it used to be like going to shows and being social and being a part of a community and a scene. Yeah. Whereas now it's like messaging people on Reddit about their playlist that they posted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I've been slacking on it and it's because it kind of sucks doing it's it. It's the worst. Yeah. yeah. It's like cold calling people. And like 
God forbid, like this poor guy who had this random playlist just blow up his inbox. <laughs> yeah. just some old dude, his inbox is just inundated with randos hitting him up being like, hey, I really like your blah, blah, blah playlist. Can you please add my music? Yeah. Like, have you ever seen where they're like, they change their photo or they like, they'll put like, uh, please don't contact me about this playlist. Like it was yeah. an accident. It yeah, was like, totally. please make it some stop. Poor grandpa. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I... And the thing that sucks about that, I think about that a lot, especially having been involved in like this, like the the DIY music scene since I was like a literal teenager, like 16 yeah. years old and watching it go through all these different like evolutions and stages. Um, what's funny is like there's the Internet. Well, there will always be an unlimited number of people hucking their music at you. Always. No yeah. matter what platform you create, they will they will come. You build it, they will come. <laughs> and the problem is, the thing that sucks the most about it is like, and like, I, I'm not trying to be a dick right now, but like, 10% of music that is made is worth listening to. Oh. And like, no, I mean, like, I don't think that's a, I mean, it's, there's just like so, so much being bad, made. bad, mediocre music out there that like, that I, I don't know people don't that it's hard for me to get people to fucking pay attention when I'm putting out something that I fucking love <laughs> like that I'm well really they love of. their shitty music too it's true <laughs> it's true yeah <laughs> but you know what I mean like I I don't know and it's it seems like every company is set up to take advantage of like nobody's out there to help actual artists in a way it's just it's a shit ton of third party people that are just picking, you know, plucking out pennies here and there. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like whether it's distro or whether it's, oh, like sign up for us and we'll blast your, we'll advertise your um, music to these four hundred playlists. Like it's just another spammy thing, and they're like, ching, you owe us twenty bucks. You know, totally. like, yeah, and it's 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 really weird that it's like, very I don't know, it's a weird time. Um, see. It, uh-huh. Yes. Yes. See, <laughs> it's, but it's like, I also am really glad I'm not just sitting there waiting for some asshole from a record label to like somehow discover me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like glad it's not the 80s because that's also like, I guess we just keep playing shows and like one day the owner of the record label is going to walk in and be like, hey, well, I'll dig what you're doing, kid. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm glad I'm not doing that. Like yeah. my old band... We we played like a record label, sh an industry showcase in L.A. Mm -hmm. at one point it, at like Knitting Factory. And it's supposed to be like, it was like a big deal. Like Atlantic Records put on this fucking showcase or whatever. Nice. And, and we were fucking stoked. We we're, were excited. Got every single person we knew in the L.A. area to come out to it, which is like 15, 20 people. And, you know, and then there's right. people there just because it was like a monthly showcase. And like... Not a single person from any record label showed up. Not even the person from the record label who set it up showed up. Why? Why? <laughs> no idea. No idea. Like, damn, that was your shot, dude. Yeah, no, it was just, I mean, this is like 2008, 2009. You know, so like it was back when, like, uh, I don't know when that kind of still mattered. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it, I remember being so devastated and now being like, I'm so glad that that's not what I'm. Trying, like, yeah, I want to play shows that people come to and have a great time at. But whether some asshole in a suit's there enjoying themselves or thinks they can make some money off of it, like, I don't really... Well, I think a I'm, lot of the bigger artists that are doing cool stuff are just, like, like, they're doing it on their own. You totally. know what I mean? And, like, or, or they've, like, made a name for themselves doing it 
by themselves and it's just like oh okay and then they get attention you know and now they've, they're like i've got a bunch of money now to just keep doing the cool yeah. shit that i've been doing or i've got a network of dope artists it's like oh yeah. you know who would be great for bass on this this person or oh you know who i'm gonna get produced this beat or whatever you know yeah for sure no that's uh that's true that's something kind of little transition i wanted to like something about like a compliment for you is like something that i've always really liked about how you kind of um, carry yourself or compose yourself as far as like like you like to have a good time and things are going to be okay like don't stress about it don't overthink everything like like and you're kind of like uh, you're like okay I'm going to quit this job even though it pays really well I'm going to quit it and then like nope we're going to lay you off a month ahead of time with like an extra bonus yeah you know what I mean and things kind of like and I'm not saying that things just work out for you because like you work really hard for things right. but there's something to be said about your confidence and your like you're like you not stressed about it, like no worries attitude to where things kind of just work out. Can you speak to that at all or Yeah, well, yeah. So you're definitely not the first person to say that and every time somebody says it I'm like I'm like what? Like cuz like I am panic mode a lot at all you know? times. <laughs> yeah, like right now I'm freaking out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but like I I think I say it a lot to other people. You know what I mean? Like, I think I like, I'm like offering reassurance a lot to oh, yeah. th that things are going to be okay. Shit's not going to be okay. <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> Every, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I, I think, um, I don't know. I, I'm good at like, I'm not going to starve. That is yeah. not something that will probably ever happen to me. You know, and if that's the threshold, like, things could be way worse for us. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You're warm right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think... My I'm, radiator stopped working, so I've got a personal space heater in my room. You know, like... Still could be worse. Couldn't have... Maybe you didn't have that no, personal space No, but that's what I'm saying. Is like, yeah. that's how good things are. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> like a, you know what it's, I mean? It's, like, it's arguably better. Like, that's a personal space heater you know like designed just radiator yeah radiators just like it's everyone's heat that's this <laughs> heats the whole fucking house as far as i'm concerned fuck everyone else uh, but yeah i don't know i mean yeah things these could always be a lot worse and um right now it's like i at the end of the day i get to play guitar and drums and stuff and do it all the time or as much as i have the motivation to do and that's pretty dope you know yeah, totally. No, that's uh, that's really dope. What have things, um, as far as like, what have you learned in the past, like since you started Dead Seconds and you've been going to, like, uh, you were going to open mics and like your, your just career right. has like evolved in a lot of ways. What have you learned about kind of like not being afraid to start anew and and or being not being afraid to like leave something behind or set it down for a little while? Um. Well, I think a big, like, once I started doing the realizer stuff, I kind of realized, like, I either, you know, like, nobody's, like, anxiously waiting for my new shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, why not just put shit out all the time? You know what I mean? Like, why? Totally. Like, it's art. Like, whatever. Just whatever genre, whatever you're feeling, just, like, there's no reason not to release it like there's it, none of it is invalid in any way oh, you yeah, know what i mean totally. so like with dead seconds that was like me i was like 
writing the stuff and booking the shows and blah, and it was a lot of like um, self-appointed stress. And then you know, since being in Grandpa Jack and doing other stuff and more collaborative stuff, it's just fun to like not. You know, I I think I, I guess to answer your question, what I've learned is like you find people that you want to work with and you just ride that and see where that goes, whether totally. it's a booking person or blah, blah, blah. Cause back in the day with dead seconds. So like started out doing open mics and then started doing through these booking people, which are essentially like a, a form of like email spam. Yeah. Like, like dead seconds is psychedelic in that it has trippy parts. You know what I mean? But we'd get put on these bills that it's like psych night at blah, blah, blah. And there's nobody there. And we're playing with like, a psychedelic uh, vibraphone band. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like literally somebody saw like a hashtag and was like, oh, you guys, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm taking half of the money you make, which is nothing. Yeah, you know, like. totally. And unless you bring 13 and a half people, in which case we'll give you like one half more drink ticket per third person. And you got to pay the bouncer. And 50 cents, <laughs> but you got to tip the bouncer for every like 12. Yeah. 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 I, I guess the is, you know, find people that you like to collaborate with and that you trust. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And don't be, don't be afraid to trust people, but don't be afraid to not trust people. Yeah. Cause yeah, sometimes you gotta, some, <laughs> some people suck. Dude. Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Especially when it comes to musicians. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a lesson I learned early on. Or they, or they lie or, you know, they don't say they're going to do what they, they're they don't do or, what they said. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you find, at least for me, when I find musicians that I vibe with well and that, or that I like, I don't know, that I know aren't going to just at the end of the day fuck me over, it's yeah. like my relationship with them is just so much stronger. Yeah, you know, totally. and whether they're people I like collaborate with or play with or they're just homies, because yeah. like we, it is Jericho, when I had him on the show, Jericho Davidson, who we were both friends with. Yeah. But, uh, I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. He's, he'll be back in town in a few days, Sick. which is exciting. But he, he was like, man, playing music and doing comedy was just my way of... I always wanted to be a pirate. <laughs> and he's like, this is just he my He would make a real good it. pirate. He would have made a killer pirate. Yeah. I mean, he's still young and... He can still be a pirate. He can still be a pirate. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm not saying he can't, but... But no, it was... It's one of those things. That it's like, yeah, you're, you're right. In these industries and entertainment, especially like underground DIY music and, yeah. and comedy, we are like pirates in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of fucking scallywags out a there. A lot of <laughs> scallywags. And I just came here to swash buckles, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to swash buckles. I'm not, I'm not trying to wag any scallies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People can people can shave off money here and there via their flakiness and do it enough to earn a living. <laughs> you know, like it's possible. Yeah, no, it's, it is definitely possible. Um, what do you... With all your different music projects, are, is your process any different? How how do they? Is it all kind of similar? Like how do they differ? And like the creative process. Yeah, the process of like creating and and how you get from like fucking around on a guitar on the drums to like yeah. end a product. Uh, yeah, they're all they're all really different. It's like so realizer. That's like meditation music stuff. It's like I don't I don't really listen to music like that, right? Mm -hmm. But I sit down and I play guitar and in theory I'm meditating. I'm zoning out for like 30, 45 minutes and just trying to emote and play pretty stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's what it does for me. And that's how I 
write that stuff. It's like oh, cool, basically yeah. like I improv and I just start tightening tightening it up and like getting like delving into what the idea is or what the sonic motif is and then I'm like, cool, that's a song. Okay, yeah. Um, Grandpa Jack is like jamming with the boys um, and just sort of talking stuff out and trying different stuff and squishing random riffs together. Mm-hmm. And then most of those lyrics and vocals, well, most of the vocals are me and the guitarist, other vocalist Johnny, like freestyling uh, vocal melodies, screaming nonsense, and then getting used to what to a melody and then writing real words to it basically okay cool or maybe like we'll do it so many times that we realize that johnny is actually saying a phrase here and that's a good starting off point and we'll branch out in either direction be like okay well that's the chorus we're talking about rocks and bones and dirt so like what are we you know like yeah what's what's the idea totally um then the new i i'm working on a couple new eps that'll be under my own name uh, and those are called Creep Show, Peep Show, Act One and Two, and that's gonna be, like, that is pretty much me writing all the music ahead of time, and now I'm going back and recording and writing lyrics. So, as writing it all ahead of time, you mean like you 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 write a full song on guitar, and then you go through and yeah. record all the instruments for it? Yeah. Well, it's because I I kind of like have to in a way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like. Because I'm doing drums and bass and guitar on it, and like, I can't do those things at the same time and imagine what I would sing over it, right? Totally, yeah. So I, I kind of have to like set the foundation, and then because like I don't know, maybe the drums drop out for a bar, and that'd be a cool spot to sing something or yeah. to yell or whatever. So, yeah, and some of those have started. Some of those started with drums first, which is cool, is fun, a fun way to oh, write. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll write weird grooves and stuff and weird syncopated stuff and then um, record usually guitar next. I really want to try that at some point. It's fun. I have two goals of trying to write more songs from a piano mm-hmm. just because I just, you know, you play guitar long enough, sometimes you start feeling like I'm just doing the same I, shit. Yeah, I totally feel like and, that. Um, and not that I'm afraid to do that because I think you can you can do so many things with a fucking E minor chord, but totally. but it's like sometimes it's like oh man I can't I'm not getting any ideas. Switch to a piano. That I want to try more of that. Yeah. But then rhythm starting up off a song with a rhythm or like I've got lyrics in in mind or whatever. Like even if I have a full song written and just being like, okay no I'm gonna scrap all of that but like this thing and I want to start again with what the drums are doing. That's that doing that sort of like. Sh- shedding how you usually write music has been a big part of the stuff that I've been doing lately. Mm -hmm. Like the new, uh, Matt C white stuff, creep show, peep show. That's all on baritone guitar. And that was, it it makes you play a different way. It's different. You know what I mean? It's like picking up someone else's acoustic guitar. You write differently. differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I have another thing with Jared from grandpa Jack and a friend of ours, Sean, um, who plays trumpet and keys. And that all started, like, the seed of every song is coming from drums. Mm. Coming from drums and, like, how long does the groove go? What feels right? You know, long enough for you to sink in but not get bored, blah, blah, blah. Totally. And then I basically just gave those beats to Jared. And he, I remember the first one, he was like, well, what key should I play? And I was like, I don't care. Because 
I, if I pick a key and I blah, 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 I'm going to do my normal guitar tendencies. I'm, I yeah. was just like, here's the drums. We'll just take that as the spine. Yeah. You do whatever you want. And then he would just, he would just zone out and he would just record bass. And then I would layer guitar. And then our homie Sean would uh, rip trumpet and spacey keyboard stuff over it. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, excited about that to one. hear more of that. Because what I've heard, what like Jared briefly showed me, and just based on talking to you guys about it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be kind of... Right it's fun, man. Way. It's like zone out. Kind of feels like baby making music. Yeah, like there's yeah. enough wah, you know? Totally. And it's like very like repetitive. Mm-hmm. And then I, trumpets are just so classy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I feel like this is the classiest music it's I've like, ever made. It's, it seems like it's going to sit in this weird like psychedelic funk. Yeah. But like with like a jazz hint to it. I'm just yeah. picturing like and yeah. what little bit I've heard, I'm like And I'm then excited. it's got like it'll have like a I got like congas mm-hmm. and like cowbell grooves oh, and cool. stuff. Like Sean um Sean plays in a band called Super Yamba Band. Um, oh yeah, I know them. Yeah. I didn't know Sean's in that band. Yeah. What the fuck? So Sean comes guys. from like Afrobeat. Yeah, yeah, land, yeah. Right? Like, um, what, fucking Eric is their drum leader, I think. Well, I don't know. I only know Sean. Okay. But he plays keys and trumpet in okay. Yamba. So, like, wow. he'll, like, wow. one-hand it and, like, play keys and play trumpet, whatever. Fuck yeah. And then, <laughs> so we just met him at, like, Birdie's or something. Like, that's where I first met him. Uh-huh. And we just started talking, and he, there's just this layer of, like, sophistication that is yeah. Sean, you know, and groove and stuff, and it's it's cool. That's really cool. I'm excited for that. What's that called? San Salvo. San Salvo. Cool. Yeah. Um, the, it's coming out uh, February 12th. Okay. This this episode will come out after that. Okay. So everyone so, go check out San Salvo. Spell it for everyone. S-A-N space S-A-L-V-O. Just as it sounds. Just as it sounds. And the and the EP is called Rarities. Rarities. Dope. Yeah. No, that I'm really excited for that. I'm excited for... I listened to Creep Show, Peep Show, uh, Volume 1 today, and I'm stoked. It's more classic matt c white like yeah it's like exactly what i want to do yeah Yeah. spooky it's theremin vibes creepy organ and fuzzy baritone it's fucking dope i'm excited for it thanks man um let's see what what else have we got as far as um i think there's something to be really said about how you you realized with with realizer uh like that not overthinking it and just kind of like putting stuff out is is the move and i think that there's something like unfortunately or fortunately whatever the the age that we're in right now like it's actually really beneficial to be prolific and to be putting out a lot of stuff because the algorithms and whatnot are going to favor you people's attention spans don't last totally um and i have i'm like the classic person i put out like my last lp in 2017 and now my next one's coming out 2000 21 yeah but you're doing it as charles ellsworth you know what i mean like doing it under your own name right yeah that that is when i stopped caring is when i had that like anonymity and different moniker yeah yeah it's like it's not me it's some dude named realizer you know like i don't don't, i'm not constantly talking about realizer you know i'm not i'm not like trying to advertise it all that much because it's like you know, it's self-sufficient. No, that's true. That's true. But there's something that, at least for me personally, because I overthink everything way yeah. too much, and I and it's like, how fine can this, how fine can the teeth on this comb get as I'm going totally. through these lyrics and, and all this stuff? And I, um, 
and I love doing that. But also at the end of the day, it's like putting out an LP every four years isn't going to work in 2021. Like these days, it's not the way to do it. So, um, and I think I'm getting better about it. But do you have any advice for anyone trying to be more prolific or? Well, what I'm doing with the creep show stuff is uh, I'm definitely in the weeds a bit with lyric stuff on it. But it's like. I think having a good mix of songs, it's like, okay, this one, I'm really going to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. and I'm really going to see how fine the teeth of that comb can get. Yeah. But with this one, this is just a fun time song. Yeah. And you know what? It's done. Totally. Like, it's, you know, like, like I have, I have a song on the, the second half of creep show peep show. And I was just like really drunk and just had the idea. And I was like, that's hilarious. I would like, cause there's like certain like flaming lips songs that uh-huh. I really like. And it's cause with every choice they made, you were like, these guys don't give a fuck. You yeah. know what I mean? Like totally. these guys do not care. Yeah. And that's fun. You know, like that's, it's like a celebrity. It's like anarchy. It's that's like rock whatever, and roll. you know, it's like, yeah, that's the, those are the classic stories you used, you read about or you find out about like, uh, was it, I think sweet child of mine was like that riff was oh, yeah. just like a an, a finger exercise that slashed it. Oh, that's funny. And they needed like a new single because, or a single because their record label was like, I, I don't hear a single on this record. And so then they just Labels. like farted out that song. That's funny. And it's like the most popular song oh, yeah. that, that's that crazy. fucking Guns N' Roses ever made. And it's like, you know, and there's a lot of examples of that throughout <clears throat> rock history. And I think part of that is just keeping in mind like, yeah, rock and roll is about not giving a fuck. Yeah, like or documenting a moment where you really didn't give a fuck, and then maybe like you know finesse or whatever. Totally, right? yeah. yeah. But like it's got to come through in the performance. That's something totally. that I'm I'm getting better at, and now that I'm recording a lot of my own stuff, and with this last record, or the one that's coming out, or will be out soon, or whatever, um, <laughs> Honeysuckle Summer out March fifth everywhere. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, like it was finally about like being confident enough as a musician and a songwriter and just myself as a performer being able to be like no what i do on stage i'm gonna do that in the vocal booth or like oh yeah you know like it's i'm gonna do everything i can to make sure it comes through in the performance and part of that is like whether you call it not giving a fuck or giving a whole lot of fucks it's like there's there's something there and it's hard sometimes it's hard to capture that for sure i mean like so like i was talking about that one not give a fuck song it's like it's called mr bloody bones and like Bloody Bones is like this southern folklore. He's essentially like boogeyman type mm-hmm. character. And I just had this idea and I had this like catchy line in my head. And I was like, what if he's just like misunderstood and like leave Mr. Buddy Bones alone? Yeah. You know, like that's my homie. Uh-huh. You know, like he, did, he doesn't mean it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so the capturing the fuck it with those vocals is like. I'm about to scream in my apartment right now and I have to actually be like, fuck it. I'm screaming like about some bloody bones guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like everybody on my floor can hear this happening. <laughs> you yeah. know, and, like you do have to actually be like, fuck it. You yeah, know, like, totally. No, there's something about being able to actually scream and like really project. Yeah. Like kind of taking it to that next level. Like, fuck it. Just it's fun, man. Yeah. We already talked about it, but screaming rules. Yeah, I'm trying to play more music where I get to see. Like, I'm trying to record a whole lot of really, really pretty folk music that's just, like, really sparse that I do. Yeah. And I, like, record most everything. 
Uh-huh. And I, I'm approaching different like um, cover songs and stuff like that that way, just as like an exercise. Mm-hmm. But then also trying to be like, I want to make some like just fucking like I don't know stuff that I can just huck really it. just yeah. huck it on. Yeah. And then I really want to one day make like a really just over the top just fucking country record like because yeah, yeah. i'm not like country but every but i i am yeah, yeah but yeah. it's like that weird Neo thing where country, people are yeah. like he's not he's not country enough and i'm just like oh fuck i'm just gonna make like the oh, most oh you'll see the most <laughs> hank williams just like fucking sh- shit-eating grinning just drunk on a fucking lawnmower like it's gonna be fucking you on a tuesday <laughs> yeah. night i got one line for one of the songs it's gonna be if i need a or if the third time's a charm, I'm gonna need a second chance. That's oh. a great. That's a great country line. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, heartbreak, <laughs> heartbreak in hotels. Um, well, I, I feel pretty good about this. How, uh, you have any anything you wanna any advice you wanna give? Anything you wanna plug? I think we plug pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's new Matt C. White coming out, or it's already out, depending on when this comes out. There'll definitely be San Salvo out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's new Grandpa Jack in the works. And old Grandpa Jack, if you're not familiar with it. Oh, yeah. We I have, listen to Grandpa we Jack We have like a, an acoustic EP, an electric EP, an electric LP. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of stuff. Realizer is probably just popping up in your Spotify. Yeah, radio I mean, you're probably you already listening to, to that. <laughs> yeah. Spotify just fucking serving that up to the masses. Yeah. Cozy fireplace morning. Yeah. Well, man, this has been great. It's been so great to catch up with you, too. It's been too yeah. fucking long. Yeah, it has been too long. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Thanks for joining. And uh, yeah, this is Dirtbag's Guide to Life on the Road. Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Charles Ellsworth. And uh, yeah, until next time, safe travels. Bye. <laughs>